0: Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music.
1: Is brought to you by True Car.
2: All right, I love that music. Music, we to play in the background. You know, for thirty seconds. Huh? I can't. You can't. Hey, this you you like, isn't. You sound like you sound like like Nitrine Lane. Like he, he sounds like a like a nighttime DJ. He's like, yeah. He's like it's playing, but you just can't hear it. It's playing like his in voice in is like like Probably. Barry White. <laughs> Hey, man. Welcome to Auto Dealer Live. What's up, Dave Cribs?
3: Hey, what's up, Mr. Villa?
2: I'm excellent, man. You ready for a great show today?
3: I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. You know, just before the show, I was thinking about, you know, we week after week after week, we have amazing guests. We talk to top dealers and those who support the auto industry. We talk to them week in and week out, some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a show comes along like today where we have number one in the world at this, number one in the world at that, number one in the world at that. And yeah. Like, like, you, you know, I think that just taking a moment to really appreciate what that really means. And um, I'm honored to be here to have the guest we have today. It's great. Yeah, it
2: is. It is. We're going to get, and we're going to shorten the monologue a little bit today. And we're going to bring the guest on, you know, faster and get them, get them really, honestly, you're tuned in today because uh, we have great panelists. And I know that we didn't uh, put this out far in advance, but um, we have the number one Honda store in the world. We have the, Uh, Vice President and General Manager Brian Benstock on today, Paragon Honda, Paragon Acura. We have the CEO of the Cardinale Group, also an entrepreneur, owns multiple companies. We have Eric uh, Gale on today. Then we have, no stranger to the show, friend, uh, client, uh, absolutely one of the most amazing car people that I know, the Vice President of the Lasco Automotive Group in uh, Fenton and Grand Blanc, Michigan. And we have Mr. Matt Lasco, and then we have the Senior Director of Dealer Strategies uh, for Stream Company, Subi Ghosh, who's also no stranger to the show. But, Dave, I'm, I'm excited because if you're listening today, you get this opportunity, a rare opportunity, to really find out what better way to find out you know, than from the best, right? We have, again, the number one, you know... Uh, dealership within Honda and 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 that's that's an amazing uh, feat and then we have uh, the number one one of the top certified uh, Ford pre-owned dealers and the number one one of the top used car dealers in the state of Michigan with Matt and uh, they've done some amazing things of course Eric Gale uh, you know with when it comes to internet business I mean this is this is this is the top it doesn't get any better dominating
3: dominating are you ready I'm ready, man. I'm
2: what, ready. what are you most excited about? What, what if our listeners are here right now? What, what should they have? Give me a couple. Of, give me a
3: couple of go-to things. What should they have? Well, they should have a note and a and a pad or something, or maybe <laughs> taking notes on their phone. But I, I, I'll share with you. You know, one of the should, things I'm they, they, that, they they must. Yeah, it's a yeah, must. yeah. They have to. Right, a must requirement. You know, when you talk about anyone who's number one in the world at something, you're going to take notes, right? Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think for dealers out there, and we're talking specifically about dealers on the show today, I think that what we're going to be looking at is – you know what are what are the areas that these dealers are number one? What are the areas that they really have down? Right? Mm-hmm. They've got to have something down that they're really really phenomenal at. Yeah. And then the other things are going to be, um, you know, one of the cool things about people who make it to the top in any business is they're always talking about how they're not they're never satisfied, Dave. They're always talking about how they need to work on this, they need to work on that. I think we're going to hear some of that today too. So I'm just I'm thrilled.
2: Yeah, me too. Well, we're gonna hey what if what if we just went to break now came back and then actually started a few minutes early bring these guys on and let's open up the questions listen we want to take your calls today if you have any questions it's going to be a little more difficult to get on the phone uh, on the phone call today because we're going to vet them a little bit i'd like to hear what you have to say but we really would like your questions directed to one of our guests today but we have a great show great dialogue make sure you share do me a favor hit that share button if you know someone in the auto business that follows you hit that share button and let them know that today's show is one that they're going to want to uh listen to lou we're, we're broadcasting too from a uh, different facebook page correct okay so it, it, and by the way it uh, it's we are we're not broadcasting from my page uh my personal page we're broadcasting from the official page so um it is different some of those that are following us we want to we know you guys are going to be coming in and you're starting to come in now as we share it so make sure you do this we're going to start broadcasting from this page and um with some of the new rules and things that you guys are probably aware of that Facebook's put in place it just makes more sense and so do me a favor and share this page let everyone know that we have a great great panel of guests and experts today are you ready my friend
3: I'm ready I say we go to commercial and bring back number one in the world
2: let's do it boom we'll be right back Okay, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring our guest on. We're going to introduce Mr. Brian Benstock, General Manager, Vice President Paragon Honda and Paragon Acura, number one certified Honda and Acura dealer in the world, delivering an average of 950 cars per month, 32 cars per day, every day. We have Eric Gale, the CEO of the Cardinale Auto Group, uh, the number two, I believe, is that correct, right? I want to, I want to make sure I get it right. Highest volume e-dealer group in North America. I believe now they're number one, Dave, if I'm not mistaken. We're if, la-
3: if they're not, ver- they're vying for that position. So If they're uh, not
2: number one, better watch out, right? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know who that is, but we know who Eric Gale is, right? Absolutely. We have Matt Lasko, number one volume four dealer in pre-owned sales in the state of Michigan, selling 2,000 new and two, 25 pre-owned per year as of 2016. By the way, he's in Fenton, which has 12,000 people in the town. And we have Subi senior director of dealer strategy, at Stream Companies, I want to welcome our guest today to an amazing show. I want to welcome our listeners. We want to have you weigh in if you have a question or comment. Eight one three five seven four one eight two zero. We're also reading your comments off of Facebook Live. I want to welcome Blog Talk as well as our subscribers over twenty thousand subscribers to our uh, page uh, for for years on our on our website to view it. Thank you guys for tuning in, Dave. Why don't you go ahead and kick this bad boy off, man?
3: Thank you. I'm going to get started with Brian Benstock. First of all, congratulations on your number one position in the marketplace with uh, Honda and Acura, Brian.
4: Thank you very much. Appreciate
3: it. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, one of the things that that we see, um, you know, as a kind of a tagline at your store is the the future is frictionless. You you say that it's home. It's the home of the frictionless uh, transaction. Is that is that something that you're attributing your success to, and maybe share with our viewers and dealers uh, what that means?
4: Yeah, I, I think the uh, going forward, the best um, uh, improvement in the sales process could actually be the elimination of the sales process and I I say that as a 35 year uh, veteran of the business and I love what we do and I love what we've done but the world has changed and we've been protected by franchise laws Uh, for so many years, and it's, it's, it's helped us, of course, in certain regards, but it's killed us in other regards. It's, it's, it's allowed us to not evolve with the, the world around us. The Ubers, the Facebooks, the Airbnbs, the, the Googles and the Apples of the world. And, and the customers are, uh, experiencing frictionless technology. And ease of transactions everywhere they go, except when they walk into a, an automobile dealership. And I, and I think that those times are rapidly changing. Tesla has pierced the uh, franchise agreement veil that's protected us. Uber uh, and uh, fractional are, are also piercing that veil. And you know we have to prepare ourselves for a future that's completely different than what we've experienced now.
3: Yeah, thank you, Brian, and, 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 and Dave, I'll That's have good. you weigh in, Dave Villa, because, you know, what I just heard from Brian, I mean, here you have the number one, you know, Honda store in the country mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, a major shift, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it, you would think if, if any dealer is not going to kind of tamper with anything, it's going to be someone who's number one, but this is a this is a sign of where we're at.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I think that, and, and Brian, thank you for being on. And, and you know, I want to go to Eric in a second here. But you know, when I look at number ones, and that's what we have on the show today. We have, we have, we have those that are at the top of their game. And again, we said earlier in our monologue the one thing, and I guess since we're in the technology age you know, maybe you don't have a pad and paper, but you have your phone. You're taking notes today because the reality is you have somebody, there's a reason somebody's at number one. You just didn't stumble to number one. That's not how you do it, guys. And, you know, and so, and we're going to find out what, what is on the mind. I guess the question I would have, you know, kind of not shifting gears at, at all by far, Brian, but I want to do a follow-up to you. And I'm asking this question really to everyone on the panel. What's Brian Benstock? I mean, you're number one. I mean, look, when you're number one, you, you know, you're kind of like, I'm number one, you know, and, and it's like, like, ah, ah, nah, nah, nah. but I mean, when you're number one at something, what are you thinking what are you thinking about? You got March kicking off. What's Brian Benstock? What's on his mind? When he gets up in the morning, what's he thinking about now? Be- you know, it- I'm can-
4: sweating bullets. I'm sweating bullets, <laughs> and my competition is not the other dealers, uh, other Honda dealers, it's not the Toyota dealers. Our competition uh, mm-hmm. at Paragon is Amazon, it's Apple, it's Google, it's Uber is lift, and and how do we compete with these uh, Goliaths that are encroaching on our business? uh, There is absolutely no ego, no complacency. I wake up and I'm seeing what I've dedicated my entire life to Mm -hmm. being put in jeopardy, and and, uh, I, I think it's incumbent on me as a leader of the dealership to make sure that we are prepared for this future uh, that it's here now. Yeah. It's already happened. Our business model as we know it is dead mm-hmm. uh, and as many dealers want to argue with me that no it's not, my business is healthy. I'm telling you that that can change in an instant. Yeah. When did Uber come on the scene? Uber came on the scene a couple of years ago. I would never heard of Uber five years or six years ago and now they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the number one market in the country with the lowest Ownership or leasing of vehicles is New York City. And it's not because of affordability. It's because customers have found an alternative to buying or leasing or owning a vehicle. And, and, and in fact, if you live in Manhattan and you drive less than 11,000 miles a year, Uber is less expensive than owning or leasing a vehicle. And we've got to deal with that.
3: All right. Yeah. Let's go to Eric Gale. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Let's go to Eric Gale. You know, as a highest volume e-dealer in the country, I mean, you grabbed a hold of this concept, you know, a few years back and you prepared for the future. Now you're in a great position, but maybe weigh in on what Brian had to say and and kind of share your thoughts with dealers. Well,
5: firstly, good afternoon to everyone. Uh, Thank you for having us on. And yeah, Brian is you know, always a pleasure, Brian. I love your insights and your your power and your your certainly your relentless pursuit every day to be mindful of what our responsibilities are. Um, to your question, uh, you know, to weigh in our responsibilities in any form or fashion, regardless of whether your name is on the building. If you are charged with the leadership of your organization, you must possess the courage to be a futurist to be ever mindful of what is constantly in flux, in play, in motion, that we need to adapt to, to overcome to, to revise and enhance our systems and and our experience in which to be successful at. And Brian absolutely nailed it. Our entire industry, our entire ecosystem of how we connect, serve, and support our active consumers is totally under attack. We have the blessing Of legislative protections at this moment. However, again, to Brian's point raised, how quickly the world can change, how quickly even us as active consumers will make a shift and a flip to do business differently that is more accommodating to us. So when you ask the question as to what is it that wakes us up in the middle of the night, how do we get up in the morning when you've achieved a number one position. Uh, There is a tremendous amount of responsibility. It is not necessarily about keeping that number one position. It's about keeping the same mindset, the disciplines, the management-driven focus that achieved the results that you have. Uh, When you look at where we are as an industry and as retailers, multi-franchise, multi-state, or single-point, it really doesn't matter. It's high transactional, We are in a position to where our gross, again, and our ecosystems are under attack. Uh, You have to be prepared now, based on the decisions and the disciplines that you put in place from years ago, to now welcome challenge in the market that allows us to grow while others are trying to figure out what are they going to do next.
2: Thank Yeah. Th- thank you, Eric. And, and uh, Matt, let me go to Matt for a second. We have some questions that are coming in as well, but I'm going to give each you guys a, a chance to kind of get get off the starting gate here. You know, Matt, number one volume four dealer in pre-owned sales in the state of Michigan. And I know there's some big guys out there. You're in a town. We, we talk about this a lot. You're, you're not you weren't dealt the best hand you know, as far as numbers or this big metro city. You've had to do it by by really dominating your market. 2000 new 2500 pre-owned per year. And uh, I'm, that's probably grown. I think that statistic, that was a statistic that was probably a couple years ago. Um, so let me ask you this, man. How are you doing it with used cars? You guys are super smart, you and your brother and your crew. Talk about what Matt Lasko is thinking about right now going into the beginning of March and what you're really, what's your eyes, what, what's, what, what do you have your eyes focused on when you're moving into the middle of this year?
1: Well, David, you know, um, to touch on, on what Brian had just said, first off, you really just cannot be complacent with any type of success in the auto industry. And that goes from my end business to your type of business. We have to be ever looking at the consumer's needs. And in our pre-owned world, we literally are adjusting 30 to 60 days. We're we're looking at different vehicle trends. Uh, We're finding different price points. We're finding do we need to win trades, buy cars from the public, or go to the auction. We literally can't run the same game plan for 12 months and expect to be able to survive in this current market. Um, So we've really trained our team to be diligent in every little area, whether it's chasing something for an extra profit per car or it's acquiring cars at a better level or finding a way to price point a car. Um, We're dedicated to every day day inspecting what we have in front of us. And I think my team has done a wonderful job of really buying into that, uh, especially in the past 12 months
2: yeah absolutely uh, t if you go back to go to the top there jason grace asked a question marty i want to do a follow-up question to you matt there was a question that jason asked about the uh, process he said uh, what do you feel is the biggest i thought this was a pretty good question that came in and i think it'd be good for you matt what do you feel the biggest friction point is in the retail sales process and of course of course at that point that brian i think they were asking that question on on Brian's maybe get your opinion Matt and then I'll give that back over to Brian as well the biggest friction point in the retail sales process do you have an opinion on that Matt
1: yeah I mean in in our world I think the customer wants everybody wants to negotiate a little bit Um, I mean it's, it's living proof Everyone's tried to do one price and done okay but you really kinda need to shrink the transaction negotiation so it's okay to have a price that has margin. It's okay for them to come in and make an offer. But let's try to make it to where my price, their offer, and the interactions is shorter and smaller amounts. And they literally are happier. Uh, There's many times where we kind of know we're willing to go down to X price on a car. And if you read your customer right, most of them would love just to hear that price. And if you would do a great job presenting that price, they'll buy. Making them fight you for four hours is probably too archaic in our industry to think it's actually going to be successful.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's let's pose that question to Brian. I mean, you tout uh, your dealership touts the frictionless uh, uh, transaction. So maybe pose that same question to you. And then, Brian, once you address that, if I can just ask you, and we'll probably go through the panel with this, but uh, being number one, uh, number one Honda dealer in the country. Is there one area that you feel like, hey, we gotta we have a grip on this. like this is an area where we kind of dominate. this is a this is a model that other dealers could pay attention to and learn from. so i'll I'll, I'll pose those questions to you, Brian. Yeah.
4: Well, well the first question uh, speaking the biggest friction point, I think it's the sales process. The sales process is outdated. it's archaic. It hasn't changed since Hollow Dobbs. In the 50s, it's been inherited from our predecessors and their predecessors and their predecessors. And basically, all we've been doing for the past 50 to 70 years is putting lipstick on a pig. And when you put lipstick on a pig, you have a pig with lipstick. It hasn't changed too much. We've got dealers sitting around in round tables talking about taking a sales process and reducing the time that it takes from four hours to three and a half hours to two hours to two and a half hours what about doing a transaction in a minute? What about doing a transaction in a minute and a half from a customer for a customer that's done their research? Uh, I I think you've found with uh, great tools like V-Auto, the advent of one-price selling for used cars is there. Uh, Our our customers are purchasing used cars from us uh, within a variance of less than $100 from the price that we have it online. So we've eliminated a lot of those pain points. And and I think the same thing has got to be true for for what we do with new cars. I think we need to also, um, and and again, I'm passionate about this. I don't have all the answers but but i am asking i think uh, for us the right questions we have to look at what the other retailers are doing mm-hmm. uh, uh, apple is selling iPhones do they negotiate uh, on the iPhone? Do they go back and forth and give you a pencil, a four square, okay deal, or any of the nonsense that we subject our customers to every day? And, and the answer is, of course, no. Uh, the Apple store on one street is not competing with the Apple store on the other street. I don't think my brothers and sister Honda dealers and I should be competing. We're not competitors. And so I think our pricing methods and our ways of doing business should be similar. And and the defining line for us should be in the customer service that we provide for our clients, whether that be online or, or, or in the store. Brian, um, if you called an Apple store, and you you can't call an Apple store, but if you called an Apple store and you ask them for the price for a product over the phone, would they tell you you have to come in? I mean, this is, this is the nonsense that goes on Let in me- our business every day. And, and we've got to just realize it, own it, and fix it. Okay. As
2: an industry, and Brian, you're obviously in, you know there's no argument, obviously, with the success, and I think that um, it's that credibility is is there, the obvious. But I do have a follow up question in a second for that. But I do want to bring Subi into this as well, and and I, I, but I want, I'll bring this up, Subi, and I'll let you take a take a stab at, at this. But then again, Brian, I'd like you to follow up because it is it is in, uh, directed back to maybe uh, what you just said, and of course, it's working for you. And any of you guys can weigh in on this after Subi, but looking at the the sales, the salesman in me. It, at the same time, Apple doesn't have. I mean, I'm just going off the top of my head here. Okay, the Apple doesn't have the 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 competitive makes. You know, there's not there's not Toyota Apple and Honda Apple and Nissan Apple and Mazda Apple and Hyundai Apple and Kia Apple, Ford and Chevy all on the same row because they are competing. You know, and they're, and they're in though, and they're they're trying to take that business away. So there is a difference there. And my question would be, even though you're knocking it out of the park across the street into the neighbor's window no argument there isn't there something to be said and again this is a salesman in me coming out if i were to train apple people to be more aggressive could they in turn do more business wouldn't there would there be a negative to possibly Negotiating. I mean, I'm just saying that maybe that's not, not their business model. I, I,
4: I got. I, I, I got to jump in. Are you? Are you ready to mind?
5: Uh, but <laughs> wait, that's oh, right, wait, hold on. that's a
4: trillion-dollar corporation, and uh-huh. you think you're going to slow down their process and improve anything? Yeah. Uh, the Apple. And when you say they don't have competitors, what the heck are you talking about? They're up against Apple's, up against Amazon and Google's of <laughs> the world uh, with their well, products. Hey. These are the Goliaths fighting. Right, uh, and, and and by eliminate you, in the environment that they play in, you cannot have friction or pain points. Well, hold on, let, and, let, and, that and was I, Brian, right? Was and that, I appreciate. That? Yeah,
2: I was being okay. sorry. Right. Oh no, sorry. no, 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 hold I'm on, hold on. Let, let me comment. Right? No, no, but let me comment. Let me uh, comment. You reserve the right to disagree. to disagree. Let me hold on, Let me let, <laughs> let, let me comment. let me comment. Let me comment, So number yeah, what? number one, I'm not. No, I'm not out of my mind. But and by the way, I didn't bring an apple into it. Brian, in all due respect, you did, but we're, the car business isn't Apple either. So I'm not arguing with the philosophy. I'm trying to say that if you compare say, Apple, you and of course they have competition. Them. I'm talking about phones. There's, 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 not, there's not the they phone. They don't
1: sell used phones. They don't take in real trade-ins. They don't finance them for people with bad credit. Cricket does. You can't compare the phone industry to the car industry. You can talk about making people timeless and seamless if you wanna sell back your franchise and let Honda retail all the vehicles for themselves. They've proven they can't do that either. We have to focus on great things like you say, frictionless transactions, smaller price points between negotiation and sales, but there's no way you're gonna model an automotive dealership after the phone business.
3: Yeah, I think that's an important... I, can I get that? Go, really go ahead. Let's, let's get you in the conversation, And by the way, Subi, you,
2: Subi it's, uh, it's it's International Women's Day. We have to say shout out to every strong female that has ever been on this show because today is International <laughs> Women's Day. Nice. So what a, what an appropriate day for you to be on, Subi. Perfect. Go ahead, <laughs> Subi. Well,
6: thank you. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I represent all of them, but uh, I'll <laughs> say thanks on behalf of all of them. Um, and so just jumping back into the conversation i appreciate david just kind of playing devil's advocate because i know that this is a real it's a real idea that people throw out like why do we have to evolve like they're doing it wrong they could get more money if they did it our way we're smart and that's that's a real mentality that is out there mm-hmm. and i appreciate the erics and the bryans who have it right and and the math who who have it right and they do it right but that is a that is a mentality that we have to break because ultimately it's either we see ourselves as competition to just our local market or we see that there is a bigger play here. There is There are monsters coming out of the woodwork and creating digital websites to buy cars online and there's Walmarts getting in there now. There's so many new competitors that we have to look at and either we force ourselves to evolve and think outside the box like Brian has Spoken about, or we're we're a little bit backwards, and then there's people like like um, Kevin Fry, uh, Jeff Weiler, who just completely cre- recreated the wheel a little bit to jump ahead of all these places. Instead of saying let's hold on to what we know and do what we know and make these tiny little changes, they just went out and did something completely innovative, and they're seeing success with that. And, and let me remind you that the OEM. Want to do that too? Cadillac has book by Cadillac, and all these other OEMs have their own programs where they're
4: trying to do leasing. So, Brian's right; we have you to should, evolve, and that mentality and, and, doesn't. And, stick. It's Brian here. You're spot on, and you know the the dealers. Uh, sometimes we have these sc- scotomas, these blind spots, and we've got two groups that don't like us. One are the customers, and the other is the OEM. And, you know, we can we can speak to customer satisfaction scores and our customers like us. And our, our customer satisfaction scores here at Paragon are very good. Uh, but And the OEMs. The OEMs have been looking for a way to do it without us forever. And the second they can, they will. And the customers have been looking for a way to do it without us. And the second they can't, they will. Okay. So I, I think it's really time that we start really looking at these, uh, what I see as truths, and addressing them Um uh and making the changes we need to before we're forced uh to be changed
3: so i would i would
5: weigh in gentlemen real quick because you know we talk a lot about what is our competitive set right is it our crosstowns like for like brand dealers no our competitive entire forum is the perception of our of our customers right To Brian's point, we talked about, you know, customer satisfaction index scores, but that is what it is. We also know that the stress indicator studies that are provided every year rank the visit and experience inside a retail dealership to that that has anxiety greater than a root canal. So let's stop and just focus on that for a minute. If our active consumers would rather have someone bore into their tooth and come into our environments, we have clearly not done enough that we can do the next thing is innovation and our obligation and responsibility just as the high-performing multi-transactional value-based consumer products around the world have done is that they have created an emotional connection and they have created they have blurred the lines between the digital and the physical experience and so for us to never rest to constantly push how and in what manner we can to all the points raised thus far. Let's get the differential between actual price to transaction all but eliminated. And the truth of it then is, as a buyer, forget what we do for a living every day. As a buyer, when I push the button, when I activate, when I'm at my zero moment, I am essentially telling you, XYZ retailer, give me what I want and give it to me right now. And if you pull anything in the middle that interrupts, disrupts, or changes my thought or focus, I will drop you on your ass and I will go get it somewhere else. And our truth then is to be able to push, reach, stretch, and grow, to be able to blur those lines to where when I want, what I want, our cultures inside of our operations should be, we are no longer selling you on something you already know what you want and why you want it our obligation is to serve you in yeah. any form fashion capability that you want period and to do so in such a way where i am helping you finish what you've already started
4: hey, yeah. let, let me um, share with you the, the google approach i think is really a fantastic approach for us in automotive and we're, we're we're sort of adapting this. I say sort of. We're we're, we're doing our best to transition a paragon to this. And they they have three mantras that they preach. One is know me better. Two is serve me faster. And three is wow me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And no. And, and so I think that speaks to what you were just talking about. You know, it's it, it, uh, you you look at comp- companies like Amazon, and when you log on to your Amazon account. Uh, all of the offerings on your homepage are offerings that you're interested in. I'm a runner, so I, I get running stuff. I, you know, I've got a couple other interests, motorcycles and stuff, and, and that stuff is right there. But but if you logged on, your interests, unless they align with mine, would be very different. Your your serving would be different. Yet our websites give the same view and look to everybody, um, and then serve me faster. You know, when you do a Google search and you see. In a microsecond, how quickly they gave you all that information, uh, you know, you realize what, just what they've done, and then, and then wow me everywhere, you know, in every transaction in a dealership, from answering the telephone, which is an archaic event at most stores, to responding to an email, to the uh, handshake and the hinge and the smile, uh, you know, is an opportunity for us to really wow the customer, and I and I and I think uh, a good step for us would be to look at these three. Things that our friends at Google have outlined for us, and to start really embracing uh, embracing that.
2: Yeah, thank you. Let me go to Matt. I want. To, I got a question, and I think what we're at the point where I was really, I guess maybe I was I was uh, arguing or or maybe trying to raise, was we have, we have a lot of millennials here in in our office, and we've done uh, we've we have them write and in, in, in blog and and write content for us, and a lot of them you know, are, are wanting to, they kind of are, the trend with them is really going more old school. They're, they're looking at more of the interaction. They're curious about some of, some of the things that we do, believe it or not, in our sales training. Our millennials are more interested in that, and I think it has to do with the interaction. They have never witnessed that before, and they're not as necessarily as impressed. I, I almost wonder if we're, we skip over sometimes, Matt, the experience with the person. You know, and, and I think that what I was going for is I think the auto business might have a few things, especially to some dealers that are doing it right, that they can actually teach other industries. I wasn't arguing with the fact that you have, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar company, obviously, and, and their, their success. I'm, I'm just saying that there it, there are some there are some some things with inside of this industry, I think, that is intriguing as well to other industries. Do you, do you agree with that, Matt, that maybe there's something to be said for for that? Oh, I would
1: definitely agree that there's, a, I mean, a many, many industries have taken some secrets and trades from the car dealership uh, side of things for years. Um, I think that one of the, the things we talk about a lot in, in any area, whether it's my parts counter, my service advisor, or someone up front selling is the actual word relationship. And you have to develop that and have trust. So no matter what your process is, or your speed is, or your price is, if you don't develop some type of a relationship, what we're finding is, and this is off of other third-party uh, uh, studies, if I sell someone solely on having the lowest price and the fastest transition, they are still not very loyal to me. They actually will still shop me next time, compare me next time, and maybe buy if I'm once again the lowest price and the fastest transaction, but they're willing to shop me. Now, if I give them a great price and an amazing experience, in some way we bond as a client and a a, a, a consumer retailer, their return goes way up. So you just can't lose the art of actually caring about their needs. And I heard someone say the same scenario, deliver a service they actually need. You have to care about their needs, put them in the right vehicle, and throughout the process, talk to them about how you're trying to help them for their future, and you get better loyalty. Yeah,
3: let's. Go. You I know, guys, I want back? to
5: jump on the back of what Matt just said. What he's describing for us when you look at those who have have the courage to be able to get after and reexamine our process and look at who we are and why we are and the things that we provide. Yeah, there are industries that will look to automotive because we may be in a leadership capacity based on their industry. And I would say that we look at, uh, and far more now than I think we have in, say, the past 10 years, we look at things that are very experiential, very tailored. Okay? It is the guest-in-our-home experience. We as an organization happen to mirror many of the elements that are provided by the Ritz-Carlton. We've talked about digital versions of that ryan utilizing the example of a tailor designed ecosystem for me when i'm an amazon buyer the same applies for us what matt is referencing about that relationship is that to just sell price you are a commodity transaction at that point and it is lifeless and soulless and there is no loyalty played however when we provide you a guest in our home experience tailored specifically to your needs where we are mindful in advance that your choice has already been made by a myriad of factors that we want to be a part of. However, as the dealership, as the retailer, as the place that will serve, finance, sell, accessorize, and continue that relationship road with you, we want to be mindful and build our operations in such that wherever we meet you in your transactional lifetime, we want to reset that relationship through constant, tailored, guest-in-our-home, experiential relationship cultures that keep that alive. And I think that's absolutely paramount for us. And this goes back to where when we first started, yeah, our industry is under attack. But just a magic widget. But, but why
4: why you know, why is the industry under attack? Because it's so vulnerable, it's so ripe for disruption because we're dinosaurs. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and, and that's why we we're it's a trillion already. yeah it's a multi trillion dollar industry that's archaic.
3: Brian, Brian, real quick Agreed. I I I agree with what you're saying. I, I certainly do. Maybe share with our viewers and our listeners because let's let's go back to the fact that hey, we're talking to the number 1 uh, Honda and Acura dealer in the country and your mindset is focused on this the future and you say that that the industry is ripe for disruption. Talk about maybe a couple of things that you're looking at as a dealer to maybe make some implement some changes moving forward.
1: I, I think
4: you've got to give customers a choice. If they don't want to come to the dealership, they should they should be able to conduct business with the dealership without the need to come here. Who the hell wants to wait in my service department to get an oil change or any other service? Of what benefit is that to the consumer? Zero. Ninety-four, five, or six percent of the time, a customer's car is sitting idle. Why don't we do that repair while their car is sitting idle and make better use of the customer's time? Your, your uh, multi-million dollar service department with flat-screen TVs that are showing the Wrong show at the wrong time all the time. Your bad coffee and your stale donuts are of no interest to our customers. And let's say say you have really good donuts, and let's say you have really good coffee, and let's say you have nice TV. I still don't want to be in your damn service department. I've got other things to do with my life. Fix my car. Fix it on my time. Make it easy, and I'll pay you more. I'll pay you more. Oh, and I
6: love the free... Free Wi-Fi as a value. Yeah, yeah. oh, val- right. value
4: it. I mean, yep. the the expect. and again, I think, you know, at, at Paragon, we do have um, Apple computers, and we do have multi-screen televisions, and we do have Starbucks coffee, and we do have uh, fresh bagels, So they're fresh when we pick them up in, in the morning, but that's that just misses the whole point, right? That's more lipstick on a pig. Um, it, it, it's the customers don't want to be here, and they don't need to be here, so why are we requiring that they come here? We need their car, not
3: them. Right, so, and to layer so, 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 on so, that a little let's bit? Go let's go to Subi. let's go to Subi. Go ahead and weigh in, Subi.
6: Sure, um, just to layer to that, people don't want to be sold. They do want to negotiate, but that's because of the behaviors that we've perpetuated, we've created a lot of the behaviors that they're coming up with. They have walls up because we've screwed them over for years. They're looking to negotiate off that price because that's what they think. They think there is a higher percentage of uh, profit because that's what they've been taught to believe. So I believe that the best way to overcome those objections is to educate your audience whether it be in the process of them looking at you and identifying what that process is actually going to be by showing them that your process is going to be, I think a lot of people think when they hear consumer experience and that the the value and the experience needs to be better, they think it is fluffed and they think that you have to give away growth. That isn't the truth. Driving sales did a completely unbiased study and they have like these white papers out. So if you want to go look it up, look it up. But two main points that I loved was that people are willing to drive further
5: and spend more for a better experience. Okay, that let me add to that. Of so, no, but I want to Go ahead, Matt. A, go, go go ahead Matt. Go well, ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Well, here's my my point is this real quick. I think that as an industry, we need to also recognize when you okay. sell price, okay. you are absolutely 100% bound to a soulless, lifeless experience. When the consumer, we ourselves included, are we not on this call, in this audience, are we not professional buyers, negotiators, grinds, whatever the case may be. And yet when we run into an experience that delivers something (laughs) tailored for us and the value is established, we all do the exact same thing. Look, smile, wrap it up, let's go. So here is now our obligation to the point of, I don't need your physical presence in my dealership. Let me serve you. I'll come pick your car up. Let me deliver the car directly to you, whatever the case may be. You are giving me exactly what I want, when I want, in the manner in which I want it. And the truth of it is, there is absolutely no reason that we should have to get ourselves into some back and forth, lifeless negotiation where we have not provided the value that is commensurate with the actual asking price. That is a philosophical shift for us. And I will share with you that any of you that adopt that, you will see an absolute correlation with the amount of discount that is provided when you build an organization that delivers experiential relationship-fueled value where you're completing what I've already wanted. I came to your store because I was prepared to spend, invest, whatever the case may be, $60,000, $16,000, whatever the case may be, for the particular product that I've already chosen. When you fail to deliver the value and experience the only alternative I have to go is to price. And we're all absolute in that.
1: Matt? What do you think about the fact that that might not fit for every franchise? I'm sitting here in Grand Blank at my Mitsubishi dealership, and what I'll tell you is, is I've sat up here for the past 60 days because we're on a growth cycle, and I'm trying to help the team you know, hone in on some areas and find opportunity. So I've actually sat and seen every single floor up for 60 days inside the dealership. Guess what? I can tell you that less than 10% of the people that entered this dealership, and they sold 125 cars out of it two months in a row, less than 10% came in knowing what they wanted, how they were going to buy it, and how they were going to finance it. Because in this case, it happens to be in the single lowest import registration city in America. And they're actually coming because they need help getting a car loan, payment, etc. That's it. They don't even know what kind of cars Mitsubishi sell when they come in. So I would just say that, that as much as everyone thinks that we're in this terrible, oh, no, Carvada or Vroom's going to hurt us world, I disagree that there's other – this is why – David, you asked the question, what are you doing to protect yourself as a dealer? I'm doing what I know Amazon can't do. I'm doing what I know Google can't do. Do things as a dealer – that others can't, and you'll protect yourself for the future. If things going to be different 10 years or 20 years from now, can you point and click and buy and have stuff delivered to your house? Probably. But currently, the one thing you can do is go outside of their box. Did, did get, in the, say, get in the stands that they won't play in. Mm-hmm.
4: Did, you, did, you, did you just say 10 or 20 years from now?
1: <laughs> how, 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 about, how about right now? How about, okay, how about how about you show me show me room? Let me see there. Let me see Carvana's profit statement. Yes, a whoa, dealer whoa, like whoa, yourself. Whoa, see, no, a dealer like yourself can point and click. I don't believe that a corporation is gonna come in and point and click for us. I'm a a huge true car dealer. I'm a big in home delivery. My Ford store probably delivers fifty cars to people's homes. I don't knock any of that. What I'm saying is is don't overfocus on going after a very challenging, non-relationship, low-margin-based thing when you can actually go after something that's out in the market that can help consumers just as much, drive just as much referrals into your business, and actually not be in fight and play with the other dealers out there.
5: Yeah, but I think the call to action for us is to recognize, of course, that point and click is static. What we're saying is that we have the option and opportunity to be able to accentuate and enhance our service offerings while providing that tailor design differentiator that you're describing in your Mitsubishi store. Okay, so the vast majority of the people that are coming to your store are coming there without a particular model in mind. However, something that you've done blurred the lines between the digital and physical and allowed them to feel trust and security to come there and be able to be vulnerable with you and to express the fact that I need help. That is something that cannot be done in a lifeless environment, right? What we're challenging is that while the behemoths, these multi-billion dollar conglomerates, continue to provide ways to disrupt how vehicles can in fact be transacted, as an industry, we still own the right to continue to shift our experience to be relational, to be tailored design, to recognize this is the second largest investment a consumer will make in their lifetime, and we have the ability to differentiate that and to do so where its value, relational, and tailored, be it in-store or out-of-store experience.
3: Thank, thank you, Eric Gale. In the interest of time, uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna give each panelist just two minutes to give their final closing thoughts and uh, any contact info if you'd be open to dealers reaching out to you for further dialogue. So let's start with uh, Subi. We'll give you the first opportunity.
6: Okay, great. Um, well, my name is Subi Ghosh, and you can find me on anywhere, Facebook, anything, at Subi101 is my Twitter hashtag. Um, I'm willing to help anyone and I guess my main point is Don't be afraid of what you don't know and hold on to behaviors and tactics and strategies That have been done for years and not push yourself out of that envelope because things are changing right now there are companies like Broom and Carvana and many others that are about to surface that are starting to chip away at what we have known and the only way to overcome that is to be proactive in, in having a, a great experience, shortening the amount of time that people spend in our showroom and making it easier and less crazy to buy a car. If you have bought a car recent, if you haven't got a car, go with someone who's buying a car and see what it feels like from the other side when you're not in control of it. But push yourself and don't be afraid of what you don't know. And just Try to try to change it up a little bit by looking at these examples, of perfect examples of Matt and Brian and Eric, what they're doing, because um, it's it's time that we started as an industry pushing ourselves to be better than uh, what the stereotypical talking point of those companies are. Because yep. if it worked to me, we'd all band together and crush the car. The, carvanas the in a
3: heartbeat thank you suby thank you so much and i think that that's what this dialogue is all about yeah. today's show has been very healthy i believe brian benstock uh number one uh certified Honda and accurate dealer in the world closing comments please
4: well uh, it's exciting uh to be a part of the dialogue and uh thank you very much for giving us the opportunity we're we're talking uh i've got a workshop on saturday the 24th at nada we're launching some uh, frictionless technology with a major, major uh, internet behemoth. Uh, I I think the only way that we're gonna be able to compete with the Apples and the Teslas is is really to be joining uh, the Amazons and or the Googles. And uh, we're kind of excited to talk about some of the things we're doing with voice technology. The debate about whether or not we should be buying a car online, I think is really uh, sad that this many years into the Internet, the dealers are still uh, debating whether or not we should be offering uh, and having our offerings online. Uh, We're looking to take this beyond that to voice technology and to be able to talk to a a Google Assistant or a Google Home and to be able to order uh, anything that we're selling 24 hours a day using voice technology. Uh, If you had to call Google, what, what telephone number would you use? Uh, If you had to call Amazon, what telephone number would you use? Well, they they don't have a telephone number. Uh, They have all of their goods and services and products available 24-7, 365, with solutions that have been worked out and solved without the need to to call. And we can call that lifeless, and we can call that emotionless, and and perhaps it is. Uh, We're not getting out of the retail business or the storefront business, but there's a whole other world out there for people that want to do business with us that don't necessarily need to go into our store. And, and I, would, I would keep an eye on frictionless transactions and the ability to use voice for search and the implications that's going to have for all of us. Uh, and, and again, the debate about whether or not we should conduct business online, I think is a, uh, it's, uh, it's not a debate. If you're not there already, you're, you're going to find yourself in a difficult uh, place going forward.
3: Thank you so much Brian. We appreciate you uh bringing your your point of view to the to the show today. It was yeah. amazing. Thank you. Uh let's go to Eric Gale for a closing comment.
5: Well, as uh as with the others, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Uh it's always a very dynamic and energetic forum and I I I love the uh I uh, I love the passion that we have in this industry and uh So I would just say that uh, to all the dealers listening, uh, whatever your success or lack thereof has been in the first two months of this year, I would not buy into in any way, shape or form what you see as compression. Uh, You are the master and keeper of your own future. You are completely and totally responsible for the end net results. And I would say that if you have not done so thus far, allow challenges that exist right now to provide you with the necessary courage to sharpen your saw, to get your disciplines in order, and to recognize that this is a second go around any compression in the market. And if we did not learn our lessons in 08, 09, this is an opportunity to where there will be separation in our industry. There will be those that have the courage to reach, stretch, and grow, to do the things that become experiential, to do the things that tailor design a uh, Uh, a guest in our home experience in whatever medium that might be, uh, and that you should look to create your own weather, and you should absolutely, without question, look to gain while others are trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Uh, You can contact me uh, at any time. We are a uh, relationship organization, and we believe the blessing is in the service to others. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. My name is the correct spelling, that would be the German spelling at E-R-I-C-H, last name is G-A-I-L, uh, and more than happy to connect and help and share in any way that we can. So thank you all very much.
2: Hey, thank you thank very much, right. Eric. and then hey, Yes, ma'am. It's a it's
0: Amanda Ryan calling. Oh um, I just kinda of wanted to throw my two cents in, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, can you can you we were gonna bring you on in two seconds? Just let me give Matt his closing remarks, Amanda. I knew we had a yeah, call. Absolutely. Yeah, just give me one second and we'll bring you we'll bring you on right after. We'll give Matt Lasco his closing remarks and then we're gonna take a caller. Sounds good. Okay, perfect. And that that caller is Amanda now that you guys know that. (laughs) We knew because he told us in our ear. uh, Go ahead, Matt. Matt, you still with us?
1: I'm here, here, David. Um, First off, uh, thanks again for having me on the show. It's always great to have uh, such different views and uh, such successful people because if if you are out there listening as a dealer, one, you're listening because you're smart enough to pay attention to others, but two, some of the greatest things I've learned in my career from watching other dealers or other industries or other successful CEOs, and you've got to be out there willing to listen to their ideas. Um, all I would say is is I don't disagree with anything that a person on the show said today. All I would say is you really do have to cater to your market, to your future, and also, you know, I watched years back where everyone said switch everything to digital marketing, switch everything away from traditional media, et cetera. And now you read article after article about that shift coming back to broadcast or back to mail or back to this. The, the, the ratio of people that say that they only want to have a share ride or, or, or the, the people that only want to buy online, even though there's 17 million new cars going to get sold, that percentage is small. So, yes, it's great if you want to chase that and do well with it and be that first person on the block. But we're going to do the same thing as a dealer. We're going to give all that opportunity to our clients but you can't base your whole business practice off of one small percentage. So keep your eyes open to the whole market and make sure that you're finding what's the largest opportunity within your market or within your brand. Don't get stuck on just someone else's path.
2: All right. Thank you, Matt and uh, Subi and Brian and Eric. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. It's been a very, very spirited panel, and I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. So let's bring on our- Thank you guys,
6: take good- Yeah, absolutely. Take good care.
2: Yes, Thank sir, you. You, Thank you All right, so we have Amanda Ryan. She called in a couple of minutes ago and uh, we wanna bring her on the panel. You've been listening, I've been reading some of your comments. And Amanda, um, why don't you go ahead and weigh in.
0: All right, so um, thanks so much for having me on. Um, all the way here from Canada, but I just wanted to um, touch base on some of the things, because I absolutely agree with um, what was being said today on the show. Um, I just wanted to add a few things of how, um, you know, we've talked about brand, but we, I don't know if it was necessarily touched on about personal branding and how important that is instead of relying on necessarily the, the marketing aspect of the dealership itself. And how we can create our own identities as each sales professional goes out through, you know, um, digital or to the house of their customer, whatever it is that they have to tailor their customer's experience to that customer's need. Um, and then we have to also look at the competition. What are their weaknesses and what are their strengths um, so that maybe we can fill the gaps? As to, um, you know, what the competition is lacking in, um, and do some self evaluation as to what exactly is our strengths and what value do we bring to our customers. Okay. And, um, I agree, with, I think it was Matt that said, like, we have to do it on the, our terms of the customer, mm-hmm. um, because it's not really about the way it used to be where it was, you know, we went out and being the business and grabbed the customers um, and said, okay, well, this is what you're going to buy. And this is who you're going to buy from. Now the customers are researching us. And what is it that we can provide in delivering an, an exceptional experience that they say, okay, now I want to choose you because let's be honest, there are many people who sell Honda or Ford. Um, and some of them are even on the same block as where your dealership is. So what is it that you actually can provide the customer? And and people, I think, often forget that it's not necessarily the product. It's not necessarily the selling. Mm-hmm. It's about sharing the experience, making it tailored to them, and providing a personality that makes them feel included into the process. And I think what happens is that we don't look at ourselves as the individual sales professional and say, this is what makes us unique. Nobody else is like me. So what is it that I can do to make it better for the customer?
3: Yeah, thank Thank you, you, Amanda. Thanks so much for calling in and weighing in. And and we have one more caller on the line, and we we can't thank you enough, Amanda. Great to hear from you, and we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, Amanda. Um, Thank
0: you very much, guys. Have a great weekend. Absolutely,
3: absolutely.
2: All right, man, thanks for calling the Auto Dealer Live. Who do we have on? Oh, mm-hmm. Lou, do we have a caller on?
3: Okay. Real All right, qu- so real we'll quick, come back. Real quick, Dave, um, a couple things that, you know, uh, maybe you and I want to uh, just kind of have a quick dialogue about, you know, when I think when we got into. Uh, yes. Hey, I'm here.
2: Who's this? Del Patron. El Patron here. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? What's going on
5: guys? No, I think is right. I mean listen, uh, at the end of the day, right, Brian is doing a lot of things that are actually, you know, working and there's people like Brian that, you know, we look up to with some of the guys and you know, he got the number one dealer right now with no parking right in in Queens and the same thing we're doing over here in Brooklyn, we have no parking and you know, we're still gonna do three hundred cars with a Mitsu store. He's doing it with a Honda, you know what I'm saying? hmm. Yeah. So a, a lot of the things that he says, and is people like him that you know that we should be looking up to, and he's just ahead of the game. At the end of the day, he figured out how to have more customers coming into the service department, giving the better experience, and I believe 100% is about the experience, right? So if you give the customer the experience, they're going to do business with you, bottom line.
2: All right, man. Well, thank you very much. I, that's a great point, and I appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Upstone
5: all right
2: man looking forward to meeting brian and uh N A D eight. yes sir thank you you welcome. heard it so you heard uh you know um you, uh, you know look here here's the, here's the deal and i don't know i i, I lost the train i thought of what you were going to say because that, that scared the crap out of me because i thought he wasn't on the phone and then lou just turned up the, hey give us a warning next time lou I'm About i fell out of my chair <laughs> no yeah. but um the um you know i mean you know, I, I, you, you, it's hard not to have biases or opinions sure. or, or lean certain ways because uh, the reality—the reality, the reality is—change happens. I tweet about it. I post it all the time. I mean, changes for victors, right? I mean, you, you don't change, you die. Change is here to stay. But um, Matt is I mean, wisdom that came out of Matt's mouth, and I, it's not just because he's a friend of mine. I'm friends with well, all of these people, but what I like about what Matt said, though, is—and I've learned this through the political system and everything—that. America's different everywhere, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, so I mean, if Matt's in the middle of Fenton or Grand Blanc, Michigan, it's different than in the middle of Queens. And yeah. it's gonna be different than where, you know, Eric is maybe in, you know, I think Eric's in uh, California, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you just got a different markets. And I, so I think that where, um, you know, but then you have Kevin, Kevin Fry, you know, that's doing it right in the, in the middle of, uh, yeah. I you think, know, you know, for me, Ohio.
3: yeah, for me, I think with, uh, with Brian and his dealership, number one in Honda and whatnot, and he's looking at these mega companies like Apple and and what and uh, Uber, mm-hmm. and I think he's spot on um, in the sense that you know. If you
2: try tra- to do that in Billings, Montana, oh, right, right, where there's right. one Uber driver, right, you know, right. what I mean, you may right. not. But the point you know. is,
3: the point is that they're they're th- these companies are teaching consumers to have different expectations. Right. And and you know, we all know that eventually there are going to be more and more of those types of opportunities that are popping in the marketplace, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Uh, Being ahead of the curve and looking at all those, you know, with the resources that a number one dealer may have, is a great thing, I believe. But Mm -hmm. it goes back to also what Matt brought up: uh, is the fact that you know, Apple. You don't go in an Apple store and negotiate. You don't have a trade-in. You don't have financing. You don't have these things. And and another thing that we did not there's a great
2: comment though that Jay Lasko threw out there. I just didn't want to stir that pot because we needed to move the show along. Sure. But if but if we were sitting around having dinner and dialoguing. Jay Lasko threw out a comment of Have you, have you? any Has anyone ever seen a Samsung store in the mall? <laughs> you know, I mean, it could have gotten. Right, look, right. I mean, when you when you open up the door though yeah. to compare it to Apple, then you have to open up the door and compare it to well, Apple. Yeah. I mean,
3: well, and, and it's a whole different gig. I mean, you're talking about a, a product that's a couple hundred to maybe a couple thousand dollars. You're not talking about a vehicle. Number one, absolutely. You, number two, you're also. What, what, what we did. Well, address, not only that, but, man. Not, and I, you I, also can't walk into every Apple store mm-hmm. and get a different deal. They're all the same. You, you can't, can't, you know what I mean? You, it, you don't and that's have that. kind of
2: where Brian was going though. Yeah. He's kind of the talk. he's kind of almost leaning towards, you know, not, not that he does, but he's, he was kind of advocating maybe taking out the negotiation or what have you. But here's sure. another thing that not only, and, and you know, you knew my point. I mean, no, I got it. my point where there's, there's, there's not that many competitors. It's not like you're going to walk, you have the Apple or Samsung. It's not that you have an Apple or Samsung right. or, you know, it's not right. like, and not only that, Dave, when you go to Toyota, do you want a Corolla? Do you want a Camry? Do you want your Camry to have? I mean, there's there's four models of Camry. Right, there's right. you know, it's it's there's multiple multiple choices. And right. when I'm going to spend 20 grand to 50 grand, right? Depending on the choice, I'm going to go there. Yeah. And I mean, right, I'm just telling you. And Right I mean,
3: now, with the current model of OEM distribution to individual franchise dealers, this mm-hmm. is not a model that's going to change overnight. So it's right. going to take some time. Uh, right. It's a niche market right now. It is. I think today's show was amazing. I love it. Was an outstanding. Content.
2: Outstanding. What's up? Sean Barry. Sean Barry. I just saw Sean join us on Facebook Live. Sean is uh, with Red McCombs Group in Texas. Uh, Great guy, man. Good friend know uh, Sean for a long long time. Good car guy, I man. You need to go back and watch Sean if you weren't on. Great conversation. I think the dealers will get fired up one way or the other. I think everybody agrees that we have to be able to adapt. We have to get ahead of the curve. No one wants to get behind the curve, right? You don't want to be the person who who learned, you know, to right. duck after you got hit by a two by four ten times. Right. You know what I mean? You want to learn how to duck.
3: Where that's, is everybody? That's pretty good, huh? Where is everybody? Is
2: that pretty good, T? That's a pretty good quote. All right, so what do you guys think? All right, hey, I want to, what, second week in a row, we have our social media specialist, guru, extraordinaire, <laughs> Tierra Childs, short for T, all right, or T, short, <laughs> short for, for short. Tea. short for T, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, what am I,
3: chopped liver? Lou, I'm getting to you, man. Come on, baby, just let him know, Lou working, he, he nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything went smooth.
2: Went smooth, we use a new system. Guess when Lou told us we were using a new system? Right as the show hey, intro was getting right started by the way guys so. I'm using a new system. What, what do you mean you, you just don't worry about it?
3: <laughs> you pulled it Hang off, on, brother. Hey, I had, to, I had to do it there because then he asked questions. Man. Dave's not a detailed guy. Neither am I. Well, you don't tell don't... me something <laughs> like that
2: right before I'm getting ready to start the show.
3: You pulled it hey, off. Pulled it off. You pulled Everything it off. smooth.
2: Good job. Good job, guys. All right.